Hi, welcome to this episode of the Finnish Football Show. Something a little bit different today. Uh, it's me, Mark Wiltshire, with Rich and Mark H and with Keke, as usual. But this time we've got a special guest, uh, Michael Christensen. Uh, hi, Michael. Hi. Uh, Michael is a... Thank, thank you. Good to, good to meet you too. And Michael's a journalist in Denmark and he actually reached out to Finnish Football Show in the aftermath, really, of the of the incident with Christian Eriksson in the in the Finland Denmark game, uh, which was now recorded uh, last month, and asked us a few questions about the the kind of cultural impact here in Finland, and we thought it might be a good idea to kind of get on get on a recording and and just have a have a chat about it. So, uh, Michael, thanks for agreeing to do this. You're welcome. Um, Let's get the, the the elephant in the room out of the way. First of all, we're recording this just after the Euro 2020 semi-final, where England beat Denmark 2-1. We are here representing Finland today, but we are uh, English guys. So, is there anything you'd like to get off your get off your chest before we start talking about the the other game? What was your view on yesterday's match? Well, what a drama it was. I mean. <laughs> In Denmark, we've been through a lot of uh, emotions the last weeks here, but uh, and last night was no exception. Uh, I mean, in a way, the game had everything, and uh, we had a very special goal to to start with. But then England bounced right back into the game and it took it to extra time, and uh, yeah. I think it was uh, all in all it was a big disappointment. Uh, that penalty was uh, it's been talked about a lot today. Uh, I think it was rather thin uh, the decision, um, and then uh, the goal itself. Uh, Kane missed it, but then he scored on the rebound. So it wasn't the most beautiful of goals scored in the tournament, and then it ended up being the one kicking us out so yeah I think it's one of those it's one of those penalties where if it goes against your team Mm. you're not happy but if your team gets it then you'll you'll take it and not not be too too proud Mark yeah I I can just say that I mean I mean first of all after the opening game in this tournament every any every Finnish fan's got a massive affinity with with uh, Denmark and we've been Mm. always like looking out for you guys and rooting for you additionally Having been a fan of Finland, watching a team defend for their lives, you know, for 120 minutes and give absolutely everything, you know, to the cause in that in that pursuit is also something that I can sympathize with a hell of a lot. And I really sort of felt last night that Denmark had worked really hard and and I, I think done enough, you know, to keep England at bay and to keep them out. And again, I guess then also from a, a Finnish fan's perspective, I can say also that. We know that heartbreak as well when you've mm. absolutely given absolutely everything. You've tried to keep it as tight as you can, and then uh, you just don't get that bit of luck. It just runs mm. out just at the end. So I feel I do feel for you in that in that regard. Yeah, it seemed like the players. Oh, what an amazing tournament Denmark have had. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, they have. Um, it's been incredible, an incredible run. Uh, after the first game, everything. Well, obviously, we all know what happened and. 
most of the country was in in shock for a couple of days and then something happened uh, between the belgian game and the russia game uh, um, that first half of the belgian game was incredible and then uh, no one really thought that denmark could um, rise in the way they did and play uh, that way uh, and then all of a sudden we had played we played uh, two games without points and then along came the russia game and everything was just released and then from then on we thought now we can now we're back on track now we can uh, go all the way and i think everyone uh, uh, kind of knew we would we were going to win against Wales and, and the Czech Republic as well. Uh, so it wasn't until the England game that uh, we started uh, being under real pressure again. Um, and then maybe everything went back to normal for a while uh, after a couple of weeks of um, yeah, euphobia. In our preview show, we spoke with uh, Cameron from uh, Nordic Footy. Twitter account and he I think he used the phrase that Denmark are scary good um, so we we came into the into that first game of the competition that was definitely at the back of my mind as well like we're, we're going to be in a real in a real battle here and I think I felt like Finland started the game quite nervously we've we've clearly watched the team developing over the last sort of three or four years and we've seen them play at their best, and I think they were they were nervous at the start of at the start of that game. But but I guess the the, the reason that you you reached out to us was because of what happened to Christian Eriksson, and 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 you wanted to know our our sort of thoughts on the on the aftermath of that. Um, so let's let's sort of do this do this backwards back back and forwards if you like. Yeah. Um, you asked you asked us like how has the how has this whole thing been dealt with in Finland and and what was it like to be on the other side of that match and I, and in a way in this in this call now we've got two of us living in Finland two of us living in the UK and then you living in Denmark so maybe we can all give a little bit of input into that um, you you got my my written answers you're doing a, an, an article um, about this. Um, but Rich, how how is it sort of reported over there in the UK? What's the perspective been there? Um, I mean, it's all been about Denmark. Um, Ericsson, having spent a long time at Tottenham, was a big uh, link to that as well. So most football supporters in in England would have known who Christian Ericsson was anyway. So so I think there was a, a familiarity there as well, and. Because uh, obviously in England, but in a lot of countries, similar incidents have happened where uh, we've had Fabrice Moamba, uh, Mark Vivian Foe did that. I think it was a Confederations Cup. And, and these kind of things do happen sporadically. So there is a familiarity there as well, unfortunately. So um, th- it was reported quite widely, I think, with the caveat that, I mean, that the English media even in any tournament focus mainly on England and it I've even seen things about what happened what would have happened if this was an English England player and, and so on but um I, I mean it was covered quite extensively but then it very quickly became uh, an anti-UEFA thing around the reasons why uh, UEFA 
pretty much insisted that the game went ahead. Um, and, and again, the, the profile of players such as Peter Schmeichel and Kasper Schmeichel, having that profile in the English media made that conversation carry on. Um, from a Finland point of view, Finland were nothing. Finland just happened to be the other team. Um, mm. And it, the result went completely under the radar. And, and the larger story, and of course, the, the, the main thing is that, that Christian seems to be on the road to recovery. But over here, it's um, it, it very quickly went from a kind of almost tragedy, or a tragedy in some cases, to a, a, another stick to beat UEFA with. In, interesting. Mark, I don't know about you. You were obviously you were at the game, but being be, watching it over here and and supporting Finland when the when the penalty went in, I I cheered. It took me a while to get back in. Oh, sorry, when the penalty was saved, I cheered. And then when when Joel Bokiampalo scored, I cheered louder. But there was all, also this feeling of are we allowed to celebrate this? How did it feel being there? in the in the stadium yeah so yeah it's uh it was, it was weird that's that's absolutely sure for sure so i mean if, if you want to go backwards the game once the game had kind of gotten back underway and we had to sort of be in and, and part of the contest um everything slowly sort of returned to normal and it's a bit like anybody that's been to a, a funeral or a wake Every now and again, you'll meet a mate who you haven't seen in a while and he'll have a joke and then he'll remember where you are and you'll go, maybe we shouldn't do that. And it was a little bit like that. So our, our reaction to the penalty save was jumping in the air. Our reaction to the goal, the same, same, hugging each other and jumping in the air. And then we sort of remembered kind of, you know, where we were and, and how significant the, the uh, occasion and the event had been. I think something else that probably gets missed a lot in, in certainly some of the more global or generic media coverage is the game wasn't segregated in the same way like the Premier League is. So there wasn't like a, we were in a Finnish block, right, with the Finnish fans, but it wasn't 100% like white shirts across the board. There was a mix of about 5 to 10%. So every, every you know, 10th, 20th person in our end was a Dane. And there was also Finnish shirts and flags kind of dotted around the, the you know, the home ends of the stadiums. And so we were all like face to face with, uh, with, with, uh, with, other fans where we only had sort of compassion and sympathy and who we, I mean, we'd been locked arms with them, you know, 20 minutes or an hour before. So in the game, you know, for the thing, we were back in the, in the mode, but uh, there was always that sort of lingering thought in the back of our head that we had to just sort of focus on the bigger picture. Michael, what was the perspective from, from the Danish side of, of everything that went on, maybe in re in relation to, or in respect to the Finnish team and how things were done well everything was uh, very surreal uh, obviously and um, there were thoughts about should Denmark uh, withdraw from the tournament uh, completely or should they carry on and then uh, yeah um, we all know how it went on but uh, yeah it was uh, quite confusing all in all and uh, um, well, I think there has been sympathy towards Finland as well because they were the other half. But of course, uh, all of the focus were on on Danish side and Christian Eriksen and um, his recovery. But um, yeah, I thought it was interesting. I was curious about how the Finland team was dealing with this and. Uh, 
that's why I reached out for you guys. Um, because how do you go on from an episode like this and uh, carry on? Uh, we saw how the Danes did it, but how about what about the Finnish team? Uh, were they able to, uh, yeah, uh, recover or? Uh, I I mean we 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 spoke with Yoni Galko and yeah. he he said that it was like in the changing room it was completely silent when the mm. game was sort of uh postponed and they all went back into the changing room he said it was for an hour silent nobody nobody said anything nobody knew what to say or what to think and um they they would have been very happy to do whatever the the, the danish team wanted and all that they heard was the danish team wanted to play on that night so they said okay we agree we'll do what they want and it was only maybe he said the next day that they heard there'd been this uh, pressure or this kind of options, but no option when to, when to play the game. Um, from, from the, and, and, and then in the next game, which was like four days later against Russia, Finland scored early, which was disallowed. And we, we've talked on previous episodes about, maybe that being another another knockback for the for the Finnish team um and 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 it, it you know i said that we they didn't play to their best in that in that game and i think as an attacking team they never really quite got into their into their their mode mark did you want to come in there oh no keke had his hand up ah sorry keke yeah i was just um i think the interesting perspective is obviously I don't expect any, if it had been any other team who was facing Denmark on that day, I don't think that any other team would have acted any differently. But I do think that there may be a little nod to the sort of Nordic brotherhood between Denmark and and Finland, you know, um, similar cultures, similar people. I mean, um, I do I do think that that as, as some some sort of however insignificant you may think it is some sort of bearing on on how the situation played out i mean um i i've said on on previous episodes from a from a purely selfish point of view it's um obviously the number one thing is that christian Eriksen is okay and that he makes a full recovery but there's almost a sense of guilt that we did go on to win that game our first ever goal our first ever win in our first ever tournament and there's almost a sense of guilt among us that are we are we allowed to enjoy that um because of what what had happened to christian but as as mark said you know we um we did speak to yoni and he he said that um yeah the 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 overwhelming feeling of the of the finnish national team was we will agree to do whatever the danish team decide and i think that is the would have been from our point of view the only option um the the respectful option and um yeah you can you can say that uefa have questions to answer over the pressure that they may have put on the the danish fa and the danish team to complete that fixture but um i think when the dust did settle and denmark moved through the tournament and their performances became about let's do this for Christian, let's pull together for Christian. 
and the whole country was behind, obviously quite obviously behind the Danish team and behind Christian Eriksen's recovery. I think, um, you know, I think uh, it is obviously if the unthinkable would have transpired, then maybe, I don't know what, if they would have canned the whole tournament or what, but the fact that Christian was able to sit up in bed and say so quickly, I'm, I'm on the mend. I think that the Danish team have done the right thing by putting in some fantastic performances in his sort of, in his, in his honor. Is that the right thing to say? And he, you know, pulling together for him, but my, my overriding talking about UEFA the, the, my overriding memory of that is that after the long, long, long delay that we had, the first thing that we saw was the, um, the, the whoever it is who holds it up, the UEFA delegate or one of the Denmark bench had to hold up the, the number, number 10 on the, the illuminated board to say, oh, yeah, he's been subbed off, which is something that, you know, I know they've got their boxes to tick and everything's got to be official. And I just thought, well, really, you know, and um, yeah, that was a, that was a strange one. I think, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think what Keke says there about, about Denmark going on and, and sort of stepping up their game is, is, is right. Incredibly admirable. And it's amazing. Like it's, it's been an amazing thing to watch and to see. I think if I, if I think about the, that like first question about like, how did the players sort of get back on or get back up. It would have been about two years ago, three years ago, we had a, uh, I think he was a youth coach and a scout on on the show. And we asked him, you know, what is it about your Finnish players, young Finnish players that attracts them or that, or that maybe gives them a slight advantage against, you know, their competitors from other countries. And I, I can't remember the, the guy's name now off the top of my head, but, but, uh, but he mentioned that uh, one of the things that Finnish players tend to have more than other European counterparts was uh, uh, this mentality and an ability to focus as they get back onto the, like when they cross the white line. I think it's also true if you think about this particular squad and group of players, which is that terrible thing happens. Nobody knows what's going on. They decide that they side with the Danish players, kind of whatever happens. And then there's the, the message that comes through, okay, we're going to finish it tonight. Um, the, the, everyone in that group, you know, from front to back, from Herdetsky to the Bojampalo, uh, to the subs like, like Yoni Kauko, are exactly that kind of player that can just sort of get everything else out of the way and then sort of get back on with the game plan and with the organization. Finland's one of those teams. We, we've been incredibly organized for a couple of years. And so I think out of maybe out of almost any other opponent, we were probably the one of the ones that had the capacity to adapt mentally to that situation, you know, maybe more than, more so than others. So practically how they did it it's kind of a finished thing to sort of <laughs> to, to sort of focus and then get back on with the uh, with the work yes, that uh, was referred to as sisu uh, yeah yeah sisu yeah. yes yeah, that that sisu yeah that kind of grit the determination you live next door to russia for long enough and <laughs> you get some you get some of that uh, as a as a bonus but uh, well, you know one thing that i'm interested though michael is when i think about that game um, without the incident, I think about the first 40 minutes, mm. Denmark moving the ball quite fluidly, putting up a really heavy press on, on us. I think that that sort of dynamic 3-4-3, three, three, but Finland kind of trying to stick with the low block, trying to frustrate and kind of move the ball out on a counter. Um, 
did you I, I can't tell as the, as the away fan and as the guy cheering for Finland doing its defensive magic I couldn't really tell that much of a difference in in the playing style and approach of, of Denmark did you guys notice anything like on the pitch technically tactically in terms of how they played uh, after the incident uh, difficult question actually because um, before the term, tournament everyone would agree that Christian Eriksen is our uh, biggest profile, our perhaps greatest player right now because he seems to be at the peak of his powers. Um, and then all of this happened and then uh, the way the team carried on, it was like it was um, carried on emotions, you know, and because of him uh, being at the hospital, then uh, the, the feelings took over and uh, the team was driven by something else. Uh, but and there has been lots of talk about uh, is the team playing this well because they do it for him for Christian Eriksen or would they would they have done it all the same? Uh, so had he been in the tournament playing along with the rest of the team, we might have played some very good football because he's uh, you know the biggest the creative uh, powerhouse in that side. But we somehow play well without him or we have done uh, for majority of the tournament so far so yeah it's strange i heard i heard that sort of suggested that if he'd been playing would they have relied on him a lot more but without him in the team did everyone just up their up their level a little bit more is that is that the sort of thing you're, you're yeah. thinking yeah seems to be something like that yeah um, I well, most most of us were were doing quite a lot of um, media work around trying to raise the the profile of the show back in the UK and 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 all over the place. And I was asked if the game against Denmark, because it's two Nordic countries, would be a particularly spicy game. That was the phrase that was used. And uh, I actually said that I thought the, the game with Russia would be spicier. And that's something that you you kind of asked about as well. Um, Keke, you're, you're closely connected with the um, Asamik or the, the um, Finland Supporters Club. How are, how are some of your friends from the Asamik viewing the game against Russia? Well, first of all, get the game against Denmark. I mean, um, there's lots of lots of people in the SMU core and in the the wider Finland supporting community who have got have got a lot of friends in in Copenhagen and in and in Denmark. So that was uh, that was almost an opportunity of seeing old friends and visiting a city that they they hold very dear to their heart. So I think that um, obviously there will be once the once you're over the white line and the whistle goes, obviously there would be the uh, the, the rivalry that comes with that, but I think that would always that was that was always going to be a friendly rivalry, and um, and I think the the incident against Ericsson really did show how the fans pulled together. I mean that unbelievable moment where the the Finland fans were started to chant Christian's name, and then the the Danish fans were replying with with Ericsson. I think everyone's seen and heard that video. I think that was just like. An absolutely unbelievable moment that shows how those those two sets of supporters 
you know, came together in 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 support of uh, of the man to to try and will will him through his his ordeal. But yeah, moving on to the Russia game, I think um, I think you know, there's they, they're the they're the pantomime villain Russia, aren't they? I mean, um, they're just the the ones who we the ones who we sort of loved. Everyone loves to hate, but um, but yeah, there's. Uh, there's, uh, I'm assured there's just as many friendly people in St. Petersburg as there are in Copenhagen. But, um, but no, it's, uh, I don't, I, I think it is a bit, it is a bit pantomime villain, but, um, but yeah, I think the, uh, the, the rivalry, the rivalry against Russia is a little bit more um, spicy than the, uh, than the one against Denmark. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the Nordic uh, brotherhood mentality again, I guess. That's it. Yeah, the, the Finland supporters were praised by the way they handled the situation in the in the Denmark game. Um, I think everyone appreciated uh, how they supported the Danish players. So I don't know if it. I think as one of you mentioned before, any team would have uh, acted that way. But uh, I don't know. Being the Finns, maybe made us appreciate it a bit more. I don't know. Did that come across in the uh, in the Danish press? Uh, that appreciation for the Finland fans. Yeah, it was mentioned uh, here and there, but of course the the accident uh, was the the main headline, of course. So, but once in a while, uh, it was appreciated and mentioned. Yes. Yeah, it's good good to good to know. And uh, yeah. is does anyone else have anything? To um, to ask Michael, Michael, do you have anything else that yeah. you want to want to ask us? Well, I, so I, I mean, I've got a question. Just to, I think, just to round it up, I, th- I think mm. when you reached out, you asked us something along the lines of like, as the tournament sort of closed for you guys, as as it's gone, how do we look at it? Like, do we think that it's a, I don't know, a missed opportunity or 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 we. Yeah. Or whatever, and I think from all of us, I, and I'd be interested to hear what what the view is from uh, from your side. But from us, for what what Finland did, we're all just incredibly proud that we we turned up to the tournament. Okay, no, I use I always talk about Turkey and North Macedonia. Turkey went to the tournament, got smashed in every game, left with nothing. North Macedonia turned up. They tried very hard, but they looked way out of their depth. I think we finished. You know, we we went to the Euros. We were, in every game we gave ourselves a good battle. We, you know, we tried to give a good name for ourselves. Our fans represented the country and the culture well, and I think everybody kind of in Europe can now look and go, okay, Finland's another one of those footballing nations, like like the rest of us. So at least I think most of us kind of agree that we're just incredibly proud of how how Finland's done. Yeah. that's that's our feeling and i'd be really interested first from the other guys and then and then also to hear about i don't know what how does it feel for denmark like right now uh, with the danish team i think it's kind of like the same uh, uh the the game against england was uh, turned out to be one of these what ifs uh with the penalty uh, situation and everything and i think it could be the same with uh, uh, your russia game because it was a little bit, you know, could have, would have, should have, and you know what would have happened if you had had four points instead. Uh, marginal yeah. offside, yeah. Margin, marginal offside exactly. decision. I'm sure he was. I look at it again. And I'm sure he was on. <laughs> yeah, but but overall, the Danes are very proud of our uh, the, the tournament and how the, the Danish side uh, uh, what they accomplished and. Uh, yeah, I think it could be the same 
sort of pride that the Finns has um, have felt uh, toward their their national team, and um, yeah. So in the big scheme of things, I think uh, pride is the um, the main word here. Uh, disappointment right now and last night, but yeah, it will soon be replaced by pride for sure. Yeah, and I think for for us here also now, it's only two months until the the remaining World Cup qualifiers start and we can all start getting... Yeah, exactly, Mark's rubbing his hands. We can all start getting excited again. Um, uh, Rich, if you're you're there, any after... Well, maybe after the Denmark game or or after the the group stages, any anything else about Finland or has it all been it's coming home talk? <laughs> um, very little here. I think um, some of the I think that the coverage tends to be when it's not about England is about players who might be transferring. So a lot of the players in Finland or in the Finland squad who did quite well, um, some of them have been linked with transfers to English clubs. Um, I think a couple, you know, um, like Fredetsky, for example, obviously played a long time in Denmark. And and to a lot of people in, in England, he's like, oh my God, who's this guy who plays in one of the top five, six teams in Germany and, and players like that. And Glenn Kamara has been linked with a couple of clubs, even players like uh, Urinen has been linked to a transfer. But uh, this is it. And, and you'll get, you know, it's a silly season everywhere. I think that's, there's a hashtag for it. But uh, that's one of the things now that people are looking at transfers and things like that and and you know we're at the end of the tournament as we as we're talking there is a lot of talk of surprising players people doing their analysis and players of the tournament their their top 11s and at least Radetzky has you know we've been pointing him out and talking about him for ages but you know he went and performed on the big stage and was probably one of the best goalkeepers at the tournament so um yeah I mean that's it's nice to see Finland get talked about and I mean we we can talk about ourselves being hipsters and we were watching Finnish football before it became mainstream, <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, very much. It's, it's a nice thing to see, you know, obviously there's the, uh, the, 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 the first match was a big thing and that's why Finland still get talked about a lot, but uh, it's been, um, it's been a good vibe. Okay. Yeah. I just, um, just going to say, I mean, the, the, after, Denmark making it all the way to the semi-final after that adversity from the first game. The future does look bright for Danish football, and there are some there are some similarities with the uh, with the Finnish side. I mean, um, Denmark Denmark's modern team with a, a you know a multicultural team with people with surnames that you might not necessarily associate as being traditionally Danish. Um, Thomas Delaney springs to mind. We've got our own Daniel O'Shaughnessy in the, uh, in the heart of Finnish defence. So um, just proving that um, the Irish really do travel. They do certainly get everywhere, but, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, there's those similarities. And I think, I think Denmark have got a lot to be uh, a lot to look forward to. You know, the, um, there's a lot of youngsters coming through. A couple of guys who, a um, couple of guys who came on at the end last night, um, are based at Brentford, I think. So, um, yeah, a couple of playing Premier League football next season. So I think ultimately the future's bright for Denmark, and um, I do certainly hope and uh, and pray that it is for Finland as well. Yeah. Um, our previous national coach, uh, he predicted a couple of years ago that 
uh, Denmark could actually reach the semifinals of this year's uh, tournament. And uh, well, you got that one right after all. So, but um, the the current uh, national coach um, Kasper Juhlmann said last night that uh, we haven't seen the last of this team, and they could do it again. And it's not the last time that they will uh, make it this far. So, yeah, the I guess the future looks bright for us, and and um, that leads me to uh, next question. <laughs> what about the Finnish team? Uh, what, how big of a, an impact will this tournament have for uh, Finnish football and the culture uh, in general in Finland? Uh, how have how have people um, received this? Mark, do you want to? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I think, yeah, uh, it's been massive for us. It's been massive everywhere. I mean, the, the Finnish national team has been branding like everything from, you know, shot glasses to household saws to, you know, furry, cuddly toys. So, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's raised the profile of the game immensely, you know, in addition to the game, the, the profile of the game and sort of the advertising you've got UEFA backing and more money that's going to flow into the game which is I mean it's not so much needed I think in the Superliga but for the Vekas Liga here in in Finland that's a, a little bit of money goes a, a really long way here to actually help grassroots grow and there's a lot of other campaigns that are coming out now to get people into grassroots football into coaching into you know uh, team development so it, it looks like you know it looks like we've got um, we've got some really good positive energy the other thing about this this squad is that i mean a lot of the squad is kind of you know a bit a bit north of 30 but a lot of people when we talk about the missed opportunities and what could have been they talk about you know three or four players that we had with us this time that are you know young early 20s that, that really like oni valakari who scored a, a wonder goal against france and who really could have you know probably change the course of one or two particularly the Russia game because he's got quick feet and he's got really good movement so you know we think we think this this tournament's it's put us up on that sort of top layer of of uh, like European nations and European football but we also think that there's enough of a foundation here to build from so that we can be regular features in the in these kinds of competitions in the years ahead yeah I think I think that's that's it. That that's the effect it could have on 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 football in Finland and and just the just the raising the profile so that that everyone in Finland knows that Finland has a team that can compete in the top competitions will you know will only go to I don't know. Hopefully, increase increase eyeballs on the game, whether it's attending matches or watching on TV, but just making this a, a more serious participation and spectator sport in, in the future. Here's hoping, anyway. I mean, um, as as you'll be aware, Michael, Finland is really a um, a hockey loving nation. You know um, the uh, the country does tend to get behind the hockey team when they play um, and they'll, they'll get behind the various Olympians that feature at both the Summer and, and Winter Olympics. But the, um, the, the national football team was, was sort of coming in, coming in third behind those, sort of, those two sort of um, supporter groups. But 
foot partic participation is massive. Football's huge in in Finland amongst youngsters, right the way through to you know organised men's and women's teams. But um, but yeah, it was it was always sort of a uh, a, a sort of left field mob who who followed the the national team with gusto. But I think it is it is becoming a little bit more mainstream and a little bit a little bit dare I say it, a little bit cool to um, to put your put your Finland shirt on and uh, be seen walking down the street in it. So um, so yeah, and, and I for one say the more the merrier. The more people that are attending the games, be that Vakehouse Liga games or national team games, the more people that are, are buying the merchandise, the more money feeds back into the game, and um, and we can develop those develop those facilities for all the youngsters coming through and uh, and hopefully the cycle continues with a successful national team. Yeah. No longer just the hipster's choice, huh? That's <laughs> it. More mainstream. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, does, does anyone have anything else, or shall we shall we wrap it up there? Because our twenty-minute chat has now lasted about forty, which is about par for the course <laughs> with the Finnish yeah. football show. Nobody, nobody here yeah. is, is surprised. Um, Michael Christensen, thank you for kind of instigating this for inspiring this uh this chat i think it's been uh it's been interesting to sort of hear from your side and i hope it's been uh useful for you as well um if, if the listener uh, wants to know more about you are you available online to be followed somewhere like all journalists seem to be nowadays uh as a matter of fact i'm not okay not you're a secret yeah. journalist yeah Okay, fair enough. Not fair undercover, enough. just uh, I think I had enough of the social media thing. Yeah, well, I... tell me about that. <laughs> yeah. um, Believe it or uh, not. No, I, I think it's. I, I think that if we all thought we could do a bit, a bit less of it, then we probably would. But mm. we all have to pimp out this show as far and wide as we possibly can as well. Of course. So, anyway, yeah. thank you for, for joining us. Um, and... To Mark, Rich, and Keke, thanks to, thanks to you guys too. Cheers. Tuck. And until the next episode of the Finnish Football Show, thanks a lot. Goodbye. <laughs>